It's so much the mentality of providence to not let the, the step of faith that is going to be presented in front of you keep you from where you need to go. Sure. That, that there's, there's going to be some difficulty. There's an unknown. There's the unseen. But I'm going to give it my best shot. You say, I'm going to, I'm going to rise to the occasion. I'm going, to, um, I'm going to utilize the tools and the gifts I have been given by mm-hmm. the Lord and uh, those that have invested in me. And I'm going to take this step and, and give it my best shot. Welcome to another edition of Maverick University. I'm your host, David Hallberg. Joining me today is Brother Steve Cavanaugh. Uh, Brother Steve Cavanaugh is a graduate of Providence Baptist College, grew up uh, in uh, Southside Baptist Church in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia area there, and uh, graduated from here in 2007, spent those three years together in school. You just graduated a year ahead of me. Correct. Uh, yeah. And so uh, we had a good time in college and classes together. Absolutely. I was an education major, you're more pastoral theology, I think. Correct. We yeah. cross paths. Assistant pastoral. And, we yeah. cross paths sometimes, I think, in classes, but not very often. But sure. um, in the past, you had spent five years as an assistant pastor in uh, Toledo, Ohio. Uh, and then now nine years in Akron, Ohio. So you're just an Ohio man now. Yeah, it seems I can't get out of the state even for trying. <laughs> so you're an Ohio State fan then? No, absolutely not. Oh, okay. Penn State all the way. All yeah. right, very good. Now that we got that out of the way. <laughs> now that I've offended half of you. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about something that something very unique that you've had an opportunity to do there in Akron in that ministry. Obviously, you're, you were a youth pastor uh, served right. in that role and then recently um, transitioned out of the role of youth pastor to assistant pastor. Yeah. And so some of you know maybe the young men who listen to this podcast are considering ministry, uh, maybe they're Bible college students and they don't know what God would have them one day. What's the difference between youth pastor and assistant pastor? You've done both, and you've what's yeah. the same? What's different? Yeah, I mean, well, the the schedule is probably one of the biggest differences overall. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I have to pinpoint that, it's that's the biggest difference. the The summers that are jam packed, um, every other week it feels like you're going out, whether it's a teen camp or uh, a youth conference or a football camp or uh, whatever it may be. There's just something sure. every other week. Um, on the ministry side of things, you know, you have that week in and week out with activities, uh, you know, and and so that, again, a, is an adjustment to your schedule uh, that would make the difference there uh, for me. Again, it's a totally different segment of people you're focused on, it's maybe. True. Yeah. Um, as a youth pastor, you do um, think of everything in uh, the youth perspective, uh, and then you have to widen your lens out quite a bit when you uh, shift to working more with the adults in the church. Now you have to be more mature. You're supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a struggle, yeah. but uh, I'm working on it. <laughs> so one of the neat things that you did during this time, nine years there in Akron, was be in charge, basically, of a construction project. You talked yes. about how when you were hired, you were hired with your previous construction experience in mind. So first of all, tell us a little bit about your previous construction experience and how did a young man become so experienced in that way? Yeah. And then how did God lead you to this ministry? I, you know, as I'm thinking about this and even as we've, you know, um, prepared some of these thoughts and a lot of things come to mind now, um, 
my construction experience isn't so much related to what I was able to do with my hands and being hands-on as a youth. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have that. My dad being an electrician, um, him doing a lot of house remodeling and painting and and uh, and and trim work and you know those general uh, fixing around a house things. But I didn't have any um, basis for a commercial type sure. perspective. But what I did have, as, as I think about this, was um, parents who instilled character in me mm-hmm. and and gave me opportunities to grow. Um, they presented things and put things in my path where I could choose to rise to that challenge. Mm-hmm. And I think that they were very good at that, at looking back. Um, and and that's what brought me I, to where I was able to lead that project. I I had never dealt with um, that that size. We're talking about a building that's 44,000 square feet uh, of building. Yeah. I had never dealt with a project that size. And honestly, going into it, I didn't know what all the nuances would be. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was going to be like to deal with the architect and to, to transfer that information from architect to HVAC uh, contractor or um, even to, to move that down to uh, the electrician. But how and then for us doing the construction i didn't know how all that was going to come together sure on the onset but there were a lot of opportunities leading up to that where from the character that my parents instilled and the opportunities they put in front of me that i was able to rise to the challenge and there was a lot of learning that went on along the way mm-hmm. um you know so it's a it's not a it's not a cut and dry thing, you know. It, I didn't walk into that thing with all the experiences that I needed. Mm-hmm. I, I grew through that process. So you're talking about growing up. Your parents gave you problems. They gave you obstacles, yeah. so that you would learn to solve problems, overcome obst- obstacles. So that there's no way you can train your children to know how to overcome every obstacle. No. But it's along how to overcome a obstacle, then they can overcome virtually any, I imagine. Correct. And and it's uh, it's so much the mentality of providence, too, mm-hmm. is to not um, not let the, the step of faith that is going to be presented in front of you keep you from where you need to go. Sure. That, that there's, there's going to be some difficulty. There's an unknown. There's the unseen. But I'm going to give it my best shot. I know that this doesn't all depend on me. Mm-hmm. And, and even when it comes to the construction world, when it comes to... I'm not a contractor. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a pastor. And so it's so much of it depends on him, not me. And and the Lord enabled that, but you take that step of faith, you say I'm going to I'm going to rise to the occasion. I'm going to um I'm going to utilize the tools and the gifts I have been given by mm-hmm. the Lord and uh those that have invested in me and I'm going to take this step and and give my best shot. There's a lot of learning <laughs> that goes along the way for sure, but you do have to just kind of take that risk mm-hmm. of stepping out. So you've got some background, you know, because of your parents sure. and just your upbringing, and so then you're looking for a place to go. You know, you're kind of in a in between ministries at some point. How did you get hooked up and you know with this y- ministry? Yeah, so. Um, I'm in an in-between phase. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I've, I've left from Toledo. Um, my wife's pregnant. We're, we're waiting for that next opportunity. And a man that I, I trusted dearly um, contacts me and says, Hey, hey Steve, what are, you, what are you looking to do? And I said, Well, any opportunity in the ministry, whatever it may be. 
and he, uh, Wendell Runyon, brings up Pastor Mark O'Donnell. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure I had passed or crossed paths with him before at football camp or different places, um, but I didn't know him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so he connected us together, and he said he's uh, just bought a big building, and he is looking to uh, move his church into it. And I know he needs somebody as an assistant pastor, but I also know he needs somebody that can help uh, with this project as well. And so that connected us okay. there. So initially, you knew going into this that I'm just I'm more than just an assistant pastor in this position. Oh, absolutely! I'm assistant pastor, general contractor. Yeah, I I knew. Um, <laughs> that's that's a tough one. I did not know what I was getting into <laughs> uh, entirely, <laughs> but yes, I knew there was going to be a, a a building project in the very near okay. future. Um, and so I saw the building, obviously, as I went and interviewed and uh, met Pastor and met the church. And um, I saw the building, um, but uh, I would say there was a little bit of naivety there <laughs> as uh, not completely understanding what it would take. So why don't you describe the project? What was the initial building that the church purchased? They were going to repurpose it for their church. Yeah. What was it before and what yeah, do you so have to do I, with it? I, I'm pulling in here with Pastor O'Donnell to... Um, an iconic building in our area. Uh, it's been there since the 60s. Um, it's had some transformations, but um, it's a 44,000 square foot dinner theater. And so you're talking about full-fledged dinner shows. Um, the stage that would accommodate that, uh, 100, and, uh, 100 feet wide by probably 80 feet deep. And uh, just a massive, mostly wow. stage when you think about what our auditorium is now, yeah. but a big stage and then booths and, you know, uh, the, the diner or dinner uh, experience all around this building. Um, and obviously it's set up for a theater. And so they have no consideration for churches. How dare they? Yeah. Uh, there's no classroom spaces. There's no nursery. There's no fellowship hall. There's nothing like that. And so we're looking at a big building. It's massive. But it is designed around the idea of the whole building mm-hmm. outside of a few offices being theater. So that's really where I would say um, some of the biggest challenges would lie is in making that transformation, the conversion of this dinner theater into a functional church building. Mm-hmm. So the idea is you're going to have to you know, demolish part of the building or all of it. Correct. What do you have to do to yeah, it, uh, tear out? It's, it's a cinder block and concrete building, yeah. um, steel, cinder block, and concrete. Yeah. And so we knew going into it there was going to be a, a, a incredible amount of demolition that would have to take place. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we did. We uh, basically went in. Um, we had uh, these, these uh, demo days, we would call them, and uh, we would organize men of the church to come out, and, uh, and we would just start tearing uh, the place apart. Um, it's a dinner theater, so you can imagine the amount of carpeting, um, mm. or maybe you can't, but it, it, it's carpeted not on the floors and e- on each level of the theater, um, but it's carpeted up the walls. Oh, wow. And, um, and so you're talking about auditorium walls that are carpeted, um, you know, 20 feet up, and every wow. square inch of the building, the columns are wrapped in carpet. The, um, the steps and the walkways where thousands of people have uh, cemented that carpet to the glue and to the concrete floor. Yeah. Uh, and so it took a year of demolishing the interior of that building. And um, it, it would take us weeks and weeks and weeks 
of pulling six-inch strips of carpet because that's At the biggest time. we could pull off by hand. We rented machines. We tried everything, just couldn't get it any other way. And so six inches of carpet at a time, ripping up carpet from, you know, a floor space, probably 30,000 square feet of floor wow. space uh, of carpet that was glued down. Well, so, it was built in the 60s. They like to put carpet everywhere. The they, they, I don't know what it was <laughs> back then. But. Uh, don't ever get back into that stage again <laughs> in the wor building world, please. But. So we're not talking about a six-month construction project. No. We're talking how long since you guys started to almost to the t five years wow and uh and so we're a year of demolishing um i, I couldn't even give you a number um hundreds of dumpsters uh worth of materials um literally we're talking about having bobcats with jackhammer attachments inside the auditorium mm -hmm. um destroying um hundreds of, of feet of concrete and pulling that out and pouring new concrete to level the floor. And so uh, a year of demolishing the building before we even start rebuilding. So all this is going on while there is a functioning church happening. There is a And you are church. supposed to be a functioning assistant, or youth pastor, assistant pastor. Correct. Talk to me about your schedule. Obviously, that's something everyone struggles with. Everyone struggles with their schedule, getting the th things done they need to. You've got home life. You've got uh, ministry life. You've got work life. You've got you know, demolishing a building, rebuilding yeah. life. Yeah, absolutely. How did you manage your schedule and what you have to do to get it right? It, um, there's a lot of sacrifice that it takes to do something like this. Mm -hmm. If we're not careful, you know, a lot of times we do want to look at our schedules and say, I'd like to have the nine to five. And, uh, and that would be wonderful, you know, wish that everything worked in those hours. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it was a very long time. And, and, uh, and as we, we went through this process with um, the building, um, we, we started out working a couple days a week over there. Mm -hmm. And as the project went on, we went to every day and then it went to 12 hour days. And, you know, we were, it was, it was a difficult thing. And, and that, that's, a, you know, a, a lesson I think that uh, I learned through that whole thing as well is that um, you may have a project going on, but you, you can't lose your people in the middle of the project. Mm -hmm. And um, there was a lot of time. We were, in the end, spending 12 hours a day every day, 7 in the morning to 7 at night. Um, working in that building just on the reconstruction phase. Mm -hmm. And so my schedule looked like getting up early and <laughs> um, doing my personal time and my home life and, and, uh, and my walk with the Lord and my ministry stuff yeah. before I went in at 7 o'clock in the morning or 7.30 in the morning or 8 o'clock in the morning, whatever it was. And then when I got home at night, it was a little bit of family time. The kids go to bed. Sure. And then it was the preparations for the next day. I'm running this project, and I've got to have things in place even just for that next day. What am I going to do with the guys that are there to work? Something you just said, I think a lot of, can unlock a lot of time for people. It's, that, it's the early morning hours. Absolutely. Before anybody else is awake, yeah. before anybody else is moving, doing anything, you can really get some concentrated time. Yeah. You know, if you need to write a sermon, Absolutely. if you need to you know, create a Sunday school lesson or whatever it might be. I don't know. Is that what you use that early time Absolutely, for? Absolutely, yeah. And, and again, you know, I'm planning events. You have a building project going on, but you also have a men's conference coming up, and you have a missions conference oh coming up, and you have a youth rally coming up, and yeah. I'm planning a, an activity every other week, or I'm getting ready for a camp or a fundraiser. And so, yeah, that, that early morning, and, and uh, that's, it's such an important time. If you don't learn to utilize your mornings, 
um, you've lost so much of the effectiveness of the day, yeah. uh, for sure. And so you, you got to get up early and, and utilize that time. Let's talk a little bit about a little bit about construction application. Hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Yeah. So you can look back. I mean, you were instrumental in the design aspect of it. You know, you put in you know the auditorium, you put in nurseries, bathrooms, lighting fixtures, right? You know, plumbing issues. Yeah. What are some things that you really like about the building? How you did it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the we we took a lot of time in a couple of different areas and and um, you know planning is so important but mm-hmm. uh, really pleased with how our nursery system turned out um, it, it was well thought out it was well laid out and that is so important as young families join your church mm-hmm. that you have something where they feel safe and secure with dropping them off um, we were able to get um, one of the things that I love the most is that our nursery is not off of a, a main pathway it's off of the main pathway but it has like its own lobby and so you oh. go you go into the nursery lobby and then you can drop to every nursery room from that nursery lobby and so it's not go down this hallway turn right and you're going to find that and then go back around over here and this is where you'll find the infants and this is where you'll find the mm-hmm. mids and this is where it's all in that one little wing you go into the nursery lobby you get into that wow. nursery wing makes it easy for safety and security down the road you can lock that wing off and uh, but they check in their children one spot and they drop them off four rooms. Boom, 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 boom. Every so nursery has a restroom. Wow. Every nursery is equipped for that age group. Really works well. Another thing that I really love about our building is modular spaces. We had a large area upstairs um, that we were going to divide into classrooms with fixed walls, and we we stopped in the middle of that and we said, "What about movable walls?" partition walls mm-hmm. and uh, the Lord had provided we had the resources at the time and got some really nice uh, rigid panel walls that mm-hmm. collapse into a, a corner but we can use open that segment that area up and seat 200 300 people um, wow. depending on how it's set up or we can collapse it down and have uh, four or five classrooms in that area or mm-hmm. any variable in between there. And, uh, and so the modular spacing is an awesome idea, and it really makes that space way more useful. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Anything you look back and you're like, dope, I wish I had done differently here? <laughs> there was, there's things certainly that I wish we would have done differently. Um, I don't know that there's anything we could have changed just because of finances. If we had unlimited money, I think that's where our changes <laughs> would have come in. Yeah. But with the resources we had, really, really pleased with the result and, uh, and how things turned out mm-hmm. um, in the end. And... Uh, you learn a you learn a whole lot along the way, and one of the jokes I have with with pastor is that um, yeah we're on Maverick University right here, <laughs> but uh, I said you know there's often times that I went to YouTube University yeah and um, you got on got online didn't know how to accomplish something got on there and and figured it out and um, and it got us through step at a time uh, on the project and uh, it's just an amazing thing about the ministry and the opportunities that arise that it's a takeaway for me from all of this is i didn't have all of these tools going into the ministry but the ministry has brought so many of these opportunities along my way along mm-hmm. my path and um i went into the ministry just to be just to go and help a man that's when i got out graduated from college so i just want to be a help to a pastor and uh and all of these things came up yeah i had a background yes i had parents that instilled character for me, but on the flip flip side of that, um, 
the Lord brought opportunity along my path and he just he worked he worked things out um, for me he he brought opportunities he brought people along and and I want to be careful to acknowledge that while I may have been do- doing this project I'm not an island unto myself there were so many other um, people that contributed to it so thanks so much brother Steve for joining us and thank you so much for joining us as well be sure to like comment and subscribe if you're on our YouTube channel also make sure you subscribe on some audio only platforms as well that way you can keep up to date with all the future episodes thanks so much for joining us today